Take your Bible this morning, go to Romans chapter 8. We are in a series of seven weeks preaching about the ministry of the Holy Spirit from resurrection to Pentecost, those seven weeks and 50 days. And so we come today to Romans 8, living according to the Spirit. Glad to see you in this place today. If you're physically able, stand with me while I read from Romans 8, beginning in verse 12. We'll read through verse 17, Romans 8 and verse number 12. You listen now because as we read, this is the living Word of God. So then, brethren, we are under obligation not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh, For if you are living according to the flesh, you must die. But if by the Spirit you are putting to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, heirs also, heirs of God, and fellow heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, so that we may also be glorified with him. Flesh and spirit. Everyone in this room online, television, radio, you either this morning are living according to the flesh or living according to the Spirit. Everyone. Classify yourself. Which one are you? The flesh will die. If you live according to the Spirit, this text says, "Mm, you shall live, but you must mortify the flesh. Living according to the Spirit. Father, teach us today from your Word. For those that sit in this place unredeemed, save For those, Father, confused, help. I pray, Lord, that people would learn to say, not my will, but Lord, yours be done. We love you, and I ask you now that you would use my lips, tongue, gesture, Sprinkle the blood of Jesus by the Holy Spirit across hearts here that we might understand eternal truth, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, and be seated, please. The flesh, the Bible says there are the affections of the flesh. The Bible says there is the confidence of the flesh, the deeds of the flesh, the faith of the flesh. There is a religion. Of the flesh. The flesh is the natural man. That is your physical, soulish 
mental capacity, your reason, your will, your senses. All of those things. Every one of us deal with them. But the Bible says that we are in this world, but not of this world. Understand you are to live above and beyond that. Mortifying the deeds of the flesh and living in the Spirit. You got your Bible open there to Romans. You're in chapter 8. Go back to verse 5. Just just look for a few moments right here, beginning in verse 5, what Paul says he ministers to us about flesh and spirit in Romans 8, verse 5. For those who are according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who are according to the Spirit, they set their minds on the things of the Spirit. So I ask you this morning, where's your mind? What's your mind set on? For the mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind set on the spirit is life and peace. Verse 7, because the mind set on the flesh is hostile toward God, for it does not subject itself to the law of God, for it is not even able to do so. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. However, Paul says to the church at Rome, to those believers, however, you are not in the flesh, but you are in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. But if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. So I ask you this morning, where are you? Classify yourself. Are you living according to the flesh or the Spirit? Are you living according to the Spirit or according to the flesh? Which one? Everyone is one of those. Living by the flesh to death living by the Spirit with life and life eternal. Living according to the Spirit. That's what Paul is trying to encourage us toward this day. So I want us to see uh, about this Spirit life. And in this text that I've read, I want to show you some things about this Spirit life. Number one, there's what I call the Spirit of Inclusion. The spirit of inclusion. Notice it in verse 15. For you have not received the spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received a spirit of adoption as sons, by which we cry out, Abba, Father. That spirit of inclusion is that word adoption. The Jewish world knew very little, very little of adoption. But the Roman world, adoption was heavy in their mindset. And here Paul, through the inspiration of Scripture, picks up on this word adoption. In Galatians 4 and verse 5, he speaks of it, that we have been redeemed and we have been received by God through adoption as sons. Adoption speaks of the spirit of inclusion. Hear me, friend. God loves you. Get that in your mind. When I think of my life, I am like one grain of sand on the shore in all the eons of time. But God loves me. He knows my name. He cares for me. This is that spirit of adoption. How many people that are sitting under the sound of my voice today, and you would not mind saying that you have been adopted, you were adopted into a family? I see several hands popping up. 
We've had it in our own family, not us personally, but my aunts and uncles. You reach and, and receive someone who is not your responsibility, not out of your family. As a matter of fact, we use this phrase. We say those children have been given up to adoption. I want you to understand something. That God has not given up on you. God includes you. He receives you. Well, you don't deserve it, nor do I. But he reaches and, and he adopts because he has this spirit of inclusion. And listen to me now. If, if you are in God's family, his spirit lives in you. Therefore, you have this spirit of inclusion. As some folks, I don't really want to include. <laughs> if it's up to me, they just go to hell and we'd all be happy. But the Lord says, we, we, we reach even to those that we rather not, because He gives us a spirit, a Holy Spirit, that loves beyond the natural fleshly man. It's not according to our will, our way, our emotions. It's according to the mind of holy God. And he included me. He included you. For God so loved the world. That includes you. This living according to the Spirit, in God's Spirit, that's a spirit of inclusion. He reaches to the uttermost to save the outermost. Oh, thank God. For his, I mean, we say it all the time, but, but, but think about it. The God of the universe that created, he loves you. Why? Why would he love me? The Bible says that he stooped. God became flesh and loved you. What a Savior. And His Spirit's in us, therefore we are His representatives in this world. And therefore we stoop and we adopt. I said to our team, our deacons, this last week, Thursday night, I said, guys, we're, we're going to have to think through this. If, if, if Roe flips and the abortion process is overturned in uh, some semblance, in our country, and it flips it back to the states, and we pray that that will be so, there will then be more work to be done in the family business, in the adopting business, in the loving business. Hmm. That's what God would do. And it's what He would do in us and through us. This spirit of inclusion. By adoption. But also there's the spirit of, of inclusion, there's the spirit of intimacy. Notice in verse 15, he said, having received the spirit of adoption, we cry out, Abba, 
father. Same word twice, except the word Abba is Aramaic, and the word father is in Greek, and so he reaches to include everyone and brings them together. But here this word is that of intimacy, the first word Abba. It's the word we would use like pop or papa or daddy or dad. It's, it, it's what a child would first call out. It's this intimacy factor. Jesus prayed this way, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. When the Spirit of God, when you live by the Spirit, there is this intimacy factor with the Father. You know Him and He knows you. And you're in love with Him and He's in love with you. Abba. It is, it's what children cry out. We don't use that word in our culture, but it, it would be like Dad or Daddy. Papa, I love you. Here you think of your, your kids when they're small and they're going to walk and one of the parents holds them under the arm and the other one is over there and they take a step and you let go and, and then they take another step and then they sit down they just make a couple of, what do you do? And they just, they quit right there. You go over there and you whip them and you paddle them. No, you don't do that. You make pictures and videos and woo! And then you bring them and you want me to look at them. Don't bring me your pictures. That's not my Abba. That's not my child. That's... I'll show you mine. <laughs> See, it's the intimacy factor that you have with your God. That's the picture here. We get excited about our kid, all this graduating going on. Everybody just floods the whole place with pictures. I don't care. Didn't anybody graduate? I didn't pay for that. But if it's yours, woohoo! Well, sure, why? Because they've cried out, Abba, Father. When the Spirit of God lives in you, He included you, but then there is an intimacy with you. And you cry out unto Him. It leads me to that third word, which is the spirit of intercession, where He says in verse 15, they were crying out. Abba, Father. Do you pray? I, I, I'm going to tell you today, if you don't pray, I have grave doubts you're a Christian. That's just my doubt. You, you speak to the Father. Jesus prayed. Matter of fact, in Mark 14, 36... We find him in the garden, and how did he pray? And he was saying, this is Jesus, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove the cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. That's the spirit of intercession. 
We are to pray that way. We are to cry out unto our Father. The Bible says pray without ceasing. You ought to have a quiet time in the morning, but you pray all day long. Matter of fact, you ought to be praying right now. Praying somebody to hear the gospel. Praying God would move in our soul. Intercession. Crying out. Abba, Father. But then there's a fourth thing in this text. Not, not only do, do you see this spirit of inclusion, and not only is there the spirit uh, then of intimacy and intercession, there is what I call the spirit of instruction. Found in this 14th verse, for all who are being led, it's a great little word, led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. It's those that the Spirit leads, those are God's children. The word LED there is a little bitty word in the Greek New Testament, A-G-O. Ago. It's used over 200 times. Sometimes it, it has a forcefulness in it. As a matter of fact, sometimes it's translated drives, that the Spirit drives or God forces. But most often it's a word of tenderness. The first time it's used in the Bible is in Genesis 2.22 when you find uh, the Vulgate that gives us the Old Testament in Greek, you, you find in Genesis 2.22, the Bible says that out of Adam, the man, came a rib and God made a woman. Out of man came the woman. Gender one, gender two. And then he says in chapter two and verse 22, that God led her or brought her to him. You think of falling in love, that leading and that tenderness, that intimate, that, that's our word. He that is led by the Spirit of God, that's the child of God. You see, the Spirit of God that, that works in you and you are filled then he brings you along. He leads you along. And where does he lead you? He leads you to his way, to his will, to his work, to his perfection. That, that's what the Spirit of God does. He leads us so we become the, uh, we act like children of God. Well, if we're going to act like children of God, we do the will of God. Now, I want you to take your Bible. Not coming up on the screen. Go to the book of John. You're just a few, few pages over. If you got your phone or your iPad or whatever you got it on, okay? Go to John. I want you to go to fourth chapter with me. John 4. I want to show you five verses. I want you to do a little Bible search with me here. It's easy. Uh, go to John 4. John 4, 34. Here we go. Jesus said to them, John 4, 34, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Jesus said, my food is to do the will of the one that is my father who sent me. John 5 and verse 30, 
the Bible says, Jesus again speaking, I can do nothing on my own initiative. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just because I do not seek my own will, but the will of him who sent me. That's God's instruction to do the will of the Father. Chapter 6, verse 38. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me me. Chapter 7 and verse 17 of John's gospel, Jesus again speaking, if anyone is willing to do his will, he will know of the teaching, whether it is of God or whether I speak from myself. Chapter 8 and verse 29, we find our Lord saying, and he who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing unto him. Ladies and gentlemen, listen to me. If you are walking in the fullness of the Holy Spirit, what your chief objective is, is to do the will of God. Not the will of your flesh. Not the will of other fleshly people. It is to do the will of holy God. And those that are led by the Spirit to do the will of these are the children of God. One more verse, it'll come up on the screen for you. It's found in Matthew's Gospel 26 and verse 39. Jesus is in the garden. He went a little beyond them and fell on his face and he prayed and he said, My Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Yet, not as I will, but as you will. So if you're walking in the Spirit, you are to be hungry to do the will of God. What is the will of God? Well, I can't answer that question in every aspect of your life, but I answer it in some. Number one, if you're not a Christian today, it is the will of God you be saved. 1 Peter 3, verse 9 tells us, it's not the will of God that any should perish, but that A-double-L all should come to repentance. God is for you. He loves you. He will save you. It's not His will that any go to hell. It is His desire, His will, that all would come to repentance. Not all do. When we look at that picture and I use so often Jesus died on the cross. One went to hell, one went to heaven. Which one are you? God's will is for you to trust Him. Second, it's God's will for you to be baptized like you saw this young girl, like you would have seen a young adult in the early service if you'd have been here. Uh, you come to faith in Christ, then you're to be baptized. How do we know that? Well, the Word of God tells us that we're to repent and be baptized. It's the will of God. It's in the Word of God. Thirdly, I can tell you right now, it is the will of God that when your feelings have been hurt and somebody has done you wrong, it is the will of God for you to forgive them even if they don't ask you for it. It is read it all through Scripture. Jesus talked about those that persecute you. They slap you on one cheek, turn theirs, right? Amen? No. Turn yours. They make you go one mile, go two. The will of God in your life is to be forgiving. 
You say, they don't, you don't know what they've done to me. I'll tell you, I don't care what they've done to you. God says, forgive. I know there's some gross, vile violations of the law of God that people have done in your life, but I'm here to tell you, forgiveness is the way to victory. Hoarding that is the way to bitterness. Say, Pastor, I just can't get I understand you can't do it in the flesh. You can't. This is a spiritual journey. You die to the flesh, you live the Spirit, and greater is He that's in me than He's in the world. Now I want to show you something. I want you to look. Everybody turn. Look right here. Look. Get a good look. Look right here. Look right here. Okay? Got it? See this? You are now observing. Grade A flesh. This is not some cheap cut, sister. This is prime. I got degrees. I've been places. I own stuff. Let me tell you, the more successful you are in the flesh, the more difficult it becomes for you to walk in the Spirit. Because the flesh rises against the Spirit. And you must mortify the flesh. I don't care how many PhDs you got, what your bank account looks like. How big your home is, how successful your business is. You must die to your. God will use all of that, but you've got to give it to Him and die to it so some of it He'll resurrect, others He'll do away with, and what He can use, He will through you. So, which one are you today? Flesh? spirit I talked to a guy not long ago he, he let me know right quick he, I didn't know who I was talking to he, he was a Harvard graduate I said so you are a graduate of the school that used to believe in God and doesn't now is that, that's what you're telling well, he didn't like that part. Thank God for a Harvard grad. They don't let any cheap cuts in there. Well, you got to make scores. That used to be a place where the brilliant people put their minds before God. And God raised up men and women out of that place. That went mighty for the gospel. Friend, you got to die to your flesh. God, God will use it. Amen. I, I'm not telling you disengage your mind. I'm telling you give it unto the Lord and let Him raise it up and make it more powerful than it's ever been. Okay, let's have a little conversation. I'm just going to sit down here. Let's chat for a minute. Okay? 
Y'all all right? Okay. Now we're going to have to decide which one you are. Spirit of flesh. I'm amazed how smart people are. And I'm more amazed how smart people think they are. So I'm walking in two weeks ago right out here in the foyer. And I met this old senior adult. I mean real old. And she looked at me and she said, Pastor, with your beard, you look younger. I said, well, thank you, man. And so I left, I was walking over here to the green room, I got right to the corner and I turned and an old man met me there. He said, Pastor, I just got to tell you, with that beard, you really look a lot older than you are. <laughs> well, see, you, you can't live your life by what people think. If you do, you shave half your face. Okay? You, you got to find out what God tells you to do. Amen. Friend, I, I just want to ask, where are you? Are, are you walking according to your flesh? Some of you got some grade A cuts in here. It gets hard to give that up. Mm-hmm. But, but you got to surrender. I, I keep telling you that the fullness of the Spirit's not more gas in your tank. It's a new driver at the wheel. That's what the fullness is about. You, you die to yourself. You scoot over. Jesus comes. He's prophet, priest, king, potentate. Lord, you will call it where he's the boss. And you surrender to that. And it's amazing what God can do when he finds somebody totally surrendered. It was that old evangelist up in Chicago, Moody. Yeah. The world is yet to see what God can do with one man totally submitted and committed unto him. He said, I, 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 I will do my best to be that man. Wow. What God could do when he, when he gets all of us. So, where are you? Flesh, spirit. Spirit. Be ye filled with the Spirit.